Welcome back to another episode of the Born Again Again podcast. I'm Katie. And I'm Joe. And this week we're going to talk about going back to church. Yeah, so this past week we, well, first, I guess, first of all, we've been talking about this for a long time mm-hmm. that before we, or while we live in New York City, we want to go to Hillsong Church here mm-hmm. at least once because I don't know how it was for you guys, but for us, when we were Christian, um, Hillsong always made like the coolest music. We kind of pictured Hillsong being like the cool church. Yeah, you know, it was exactly. all the, it was all the Australians who were all like super spiritual and flowing with the spirit and wrote mm-hmm. really good worship songs mm-hmm. and had really cool music and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and every time you were singing a worship song <clears throat> that was like from Hillsong, like is always the best. Yeah, music right. In so we always thought Hillsong was amazing. Um, always thought it'd be cool to go there someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that we're here in New York, we're right by the Hillsong, one of the Hillsong locations. Um, but we don't typically care about going to church anymore. <laughs> yeah. And actually we've tried to go to church several times, but then every single Sunday we're like, oh my gosh. we're not going yeah, to church. That's the other part. We've been talking about doing this for months, Yeah, but yeah, it's exactly that. It gets to Saturday night and we're like sitting on the couch, hanging out. We're like, oh man, do you want to like get up and go to church in the morning? <laughs> oh no. So anyways, all that being said, we've gotten really used to having an extra weekend day. It's hard to make yourself go to church. Um, especially if it's just for like research reasons, yes. which is why we went this past Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we went to their noon service, um, and it's in midtown Manhattan. It was there like five services, crazy right in there. Yeah. Yeah. Five services, like 10 AM noon two, five, seven. I don't know. Um, yeah. So we didn't really know what to expect. Were you nervous? I to was, go to church? I was really nervous because I felt like I was doing something wrong going to church, you know, like, yeah, I, can I don't see know, because I, our whole, our point of going wasn't to go to like roast these people. It was honestly just to go and kind of see what it feels like to be back in church. Because yeah. we, we've been to church services since we stopped being Christian and since we've had this podcast and everything, but it's only been like, I think my parents Christmas service. Yeah. And I don't, is that the only one? I think that's one? it. Yeah. Yeah. And, so it wasn't like a normal Sunday. And service. you know, Christmas services are different than regular <laughs> right. Sunday yeah. services. More songs. So yeah, I felt <laughs> nervous. Songs. I felt nervous to go. Did you? Um, no, I wasn't nervous. I don't know why. I was like really weirdly calm. Um, I think because my brain was protecting me from like overthinking about it. And yeah. I just got like, I felt completely wiped clean of any thought. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. like perfect state. I know, <laughs> I know. I didn't, I didn't do this on my own. Somehow yeah. it just happened that I felt really calm. Yeah. Um, no, that wasn't the case for me. Yeah. And I was <laughs> preoccupied and felt like I stuck out, which I'm sure, you know, no one noticed us at all. We looked exactly like every, all the other, like, whatever young people going into Hillsong that yeah. morning. And we tried to guess like the people walking in front of us, like they're going to church. I know it. And like, yeah. I think we got one couple, I right? I think so too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So when you get there, um, it's, it's kind of crazy and we, it's really crazy. We, yeah. We, we saw like these ramps going into the theater, the Hammerstein ballroom. Yeah. And like, so we followed it and there's, there's people outside guiding you and there were three different ramps and the person pointed us in, like the middle one or whatever. And then you go up, you have to go through um, a metal detector. I had to give my bag to some people checking inside bags, Mm -hmm. um, which I thought was crazy. But I mean, it's like in the middle of New York City and people are weird about religion, but it just was such a weird experience like to be checked almost like going into a concert. Yeah, right. Um, So then we got funneled like, like there's funnels for everyone and we got funneled upstairs and we got funneled into the balcony area. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit disappointed because I wanted to sit in the front. Like with the really enthusiastic people. Yes. But, yeah. um, we went up into the balcony. I don't know. There were lots of different sections yeah. and it was all dark and we were like a little bit late and the music had already started. Right. Yeah. But like still, I think people kept funneling in like throughout yeah. all the worship time. Totally. Yeah. So you have any impressions like at um, this point? It was just, it was the whole, this whole experience was so weird. I don't know if there's a better way to describe it, but like, I just felt so weird the whole time going into church and like walking up the steps with everybody else walking into church and church and everyone's like, you know, a little bit late. So they're kind of stressed out. It just brought back so many memories of going to church on Sunday mornings and like the way everybody is dressed and the way everyone looks and the way the pews are, or the chairs are all Mm -hmm. laid out and like picking up a bulletin off the chair when we finally got a seat and oh, sat yeah. down. It was just, it's weird. Like I've 
I forgot about all these little details of what it meant to go to church mm -hmm. on Sunday. And it was just kind of a strange experience being back in that again, like not positive and not negative, really. It was just like, oh, I, I forgot about this. There's a specific way that you like do church. Yes. And I had forgotten about some of it. And yeah. when we went back, it was like all of that stuff kind of flooded back. Like, oh, yeah, I remember this. I remember this. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, when we got in, like you said, they were already playing the first worship song. Oh, yeah. And it was really um, like a pretty happy, upbeat song. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And like we said, it's Hillsong. And so there's like the band is really good. It's a bunch of really cool looking young people dressed really cool. And there's the stages all lit with like huge studio lights and mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, it's it's in like a ballroom in Manhattan. So it's like a really pretty old, huge theater. Yeah. Um, I took some pictures too. And um, I was going to, I'll put them up on our Facebook group or oh, yeah. our Instagram yeah, stories good, yeah. or something. If you are interested in seeing it, some just, spy photos. it looks like a church. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But I took some pictures. Um, but yeah. So the first thing I noticed out of everything was they were singing a worship song. Everyone was pretty into it. It's pretty upbeat. Um, and the, the lyrics were, I'm going to see a victory because the battle belongs to you, Lord. And that was like the, I don't know if, if there was a bridge or what, but that was like an upbeat climactic part of the song. And we kept coming back to that line. I want to see a victory because the battle belongs to you, Lord. And everyone's oh, yeah. jumping and they have their hands up and they're pumping their fists and, and it's super loud. And, you know, it's, it's powerful. It's like a powerful musical experience. Mm -hmm. um, so first impression, I remembered how much that Christian music talks about battle. I know. And like victory and... It reminded me basically about how, as a Christian, you like need to be worried about fighting all the time. You yeah. know, like everything's like the world is gonna oppress us, or like we need to stand up in victory, and or like singing the about Father's it. gonna give us strength. Yeah, and it's like that. Those are good things, I guess. But if you're constantly singing about how like oppressed you are, and how much you need strength for battle, and like how you're gonna go to war for God, and how God is going to avenge you and stuff like it's going to make you start thinking, oh, the whole world's against me. And, yeah. you know, it even was weird. singing yeah. about it, the victory of it, like right. that's really positive and it's really positive to sing like we're going to win the battle. But yeah. like it was coming out of Christianity. I was like, oh, there wasn't like a battle going on. And <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I don't have to worry about that anymore like right. i i'm not like winning at life compared to this other person over here yeah who maybe like i see like as losing yeah i don't know right. like it, it you know, it's another like separator like i'm a winner you're a loser kind right. of a thing because you're always constantly talking about battles yeah totally <laughs> i mean the armor of god right. like god well, loves battles <laughs> god loves battles i was into that when i was christian too like we listened to all that christian metal and yeah. it's like all about battle and like cutting off the devil's horns and like fighting at the gates of hell and all this stuff. So like I was into that and I can see how that's really motivating and like really gets you pumped. Yeah, like in a stuff. battle, like if you tell your soldiers and there's like that guy who's standing at the front of the line of all of the horses lined up and he's like, today we're going to have our victory. <laughs> yeah. And he's like running down the line and he's like clinking everybody's swords. Yeah, that's okay. how I felt as Lord a Christian of the listening style. to that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But now, like, once we stepped out of Christianity, it was kind of a big realization, like, oh, no one was ever fighting against us. Like, people didn't really care what we, we were, were like, doing as Christians. We were, fighting against our thought, own bodies. <laughs> yeah, like, we were. It was, it's weird. So, yeah, going back into it, noticing, like, oh, everything is about battle and about fighting and about us versus them. It was just kind of weird. And, like, the literally the first line of the first song that I noticed was this one. Yeah. And it kind of just flooded back in. Because yeah. I, I wrote that down too. Because the God I serve knows how to triumph. I'm, I'm gonna win a victory. Like a victory for the, over what? for the battle belongs to the Lord. Yeah. A victory over sin. Even that, then it's like you're saying it's like a battle against your own mind. It's just weird. There's a lot of battle talk. Yeah. Well, we know what the battle is supposed to be about, but like it now that it's like gone and it's irrelevant. Like, yeah. We're like yeah, why were we fighting so right. hard yeah. every single day? Singing like these just war songs. Like, be light, <laughs> be lighter. <laughs> right. Um, I we we were talking about that worship. Um, in that worship episode, how church starts out with kind of like a positive, upbeat song. Yeah. And then it goes into more somber songs. Yeah. And I look for that, and that's exactly what happened uh -huh. when we came in. We were in the middle of an upbeat song, um, and then the next one was a lot quieter. It was slow, mm -hmm. and I wrote down some lyrics. It was, no one like you, 
you loved me through the my darkest hours, Lord of my soul, King of my heart. And it was a little bit like slower and, yeah. and it started quiet and the lights were lower. Um, yeah. They're always kind of like power ballads because like, like it builds ballads. up to like the, it's slow, like more somber sounding music, but it's like a big expansive chorus and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're wondering if we sang the songs, we definitely Dude, we did. We sang all out. I'll say that did. I sang the first song just kind of like stiff, kind of figuring out how everything felt. And then the next song I started to put my hands up, mm-hmm. which was kind of a weird experience. And the, the, by the third song, we're like speaking in tongues again. Yeah, we did we'll get it to that. Full but, experience. Yeah, we went full. We went fully for it. I have a note experience. We also like were feverishly taking notes on our phones. <laughs> like I wonder, I mean, I was thinking like, oh, my gosh, like. I'm writing on my phone in church. Like, isn't anybody noticing? I thought that too. Did you? Like, I like, felt guilty. Yeah. Like, oh, like people are going to think I'm disrespectful because we I'm looking at my phone people. so much. Yeah. yeah. So many people were around us. Which was a funny us. thing to have that come up too. And I just realized like, oh, I, I don't need to do anything. There's yeah. no rules. I'm, I'm going to write down on my phone. Except, and also there were these two kids sitting like in the front row of the balcony section who were wearing huge headphones and watching shows on like iPads. They loved it. I was, they love my church. parents would never let me do that in <laughs> yeah. church. Are you kidding me? Like, so basically they're not getting indoctrinated. Yeah. That's good for them. That is good. It's like a protection. Yeah. Like a hedge of protection. Right. Hmm. hmm. Okay. So <laughs> I have a note in my phone at this point after the slow song started that, um, I got goosebumps during worship. Oh yeah. And, um, one of these songs, these songs, like all of the songs were really easy to dance to or sway. A yeah, tiny bit. totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, big time. I have another note here too, that all of the songs, they were about either battle or they were about, uh, standing in the fire or like talking about waves crashing down in on me or walls caving in on me and the Lord always being the one to save you from that. And again, it's one of those things where everybody has struggles in their life, of course. Um, but the songs and the way it's painted in this Christian way is so like dramatic and so battle-like and so archaic and it's it's just weird it's a weird thing and when i was in it as a christian i didn't really ever think about that i just got really hyped on the songs yeah but now coming back into it it's like whoa you guys are it feels like you guys are taking things way too seriously yeah if like the way you describe the problems in your life in general are like the waves crashing in on me and the walls closing down it's like i don't i have problems just like anyone else and sometimes they're really hard but these songs seem really dramatic. They make them seem very <laughs> they, dramatic. They make them yes. seem like way worse. And they make them seem like you need some kind of omniscient God to like carry you through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This, so I think that was like about the end of worship. Yeah. Then, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah. Whatever. I'm kind of jumping around here. Um, at one point, I don't know if it was after worship or in the middle, but a guy came up and he came and he welcomed the church. You know oh, how yeah. they have someone come up and say, welcome to Hillsong Church this morning. How are you all doing? And yeah. everyone cheers and whatever. It was that guy. He came up um, and there's somber music playing and he goes into this long story about how, oh, guys, isn't isn't God great? Isn't God great? This Just this morning, we had a woman who last week she went into the hospital and uh, she had a stroke. And yesterday, she walked out of that hospital. Isn't God amazing? How much do you believe? Do you believe that God can heal? Mm -hmm. Do you believe he can heal? Because I'm telling you this morning, he is healing today. He is healing people right now. And he's healing people in this church. And it's weird. It's Yeah, it's weird. Because if you hear what he says on face value, a woman had a stroke. She went into the hospital last week. It's common, from what I understand, that when you have a stroke, you'll suffer paralysis a lot of people will suffer like paralysis right away Mm. that's Mm -hmm. severe but after a few days sometimes those original like the initial paralysis state kind of wears off and Mm -hmm. maybe you'll still be injured in some way but like it's not as bad as it is the first few days so Mm -hmm. just like that being said a woman going into the hospital with a stroke not being able to walk and walking out a week later isn't necessarily something that's uncommon Mm -hmm. in medicine as far as i understand again i'm not a doctor and if i'm saying something totally wrong then feel free to call us out on it. Joe, you're not a doctor. But, you know, that like that's not a miracle necessarily. But, Joe, he said, God is doing a miracle inside us right now, no matter who you are. Yeah, so he said that. And Can again, you imagine big, being... powerful, somber music playing, yeah. tons of lights. It's all dark in there. Everyone's very meditative. And it's just... It's, it's, a, it's appealing weird. for somebody who's like going through, you know, hard times in life. Right. Like, if somebody is so strongly saying these things to you like i don't know 
I don't blame you for believing them. Right. It's yeah. It's, it's what it's weird going back and seeing like how convincing everything it's, was. It's very That's convincing. What, like how manipulative. Like yeah. without them trying to manipulate, they're not. I don't feel that people in churches are are trying to manipulate you on purpose. Right. But like if you. I don't know. That's just going back. It's like, okay, that's why we were in this so long. Yeah. Right. Because it's, it's, everything's different when you're in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The experience of it Mm -hmm. and everything. Um, Oh, like the, okay. So typical, we had the visitors, like the welcome, the visitors, you know, raise your hand, you get a packet. Oh yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Raise your hand, you get a packet. And in addition to (laughs) that, he said, all right, the rest of the church, let's give a huge round of applause for everybody who's here for the first time yeah, this so morning, everybody so everyone claps. goes crazy You and feel claps. really good being a visitor. Right, You're like, I'm yeah. special. <laughs> Which, again, is oh. it's like nice, but yeah, that's it's a it's a manipulative environment. Yeah, and um, it's just a lot of emotions. There's a lot of swaying of emotions. Yeah. Your emotions are... Played, They're played with. Played with. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I forgot about this thing, this church thing. I don't know if your church did it, but the, the guy up front, he'd be like... All right, next Sunday, everybody say next Sunday, and everybody says like next repeats Sunday, it. Yeah. He's like, we're gonna have a barbecue. Everybody say barbecue, barbecue, and like it's <laughs> such a like it seems like such a southern preacher thing yeah, to do. Yeah. Um. But so like they had something happening next Sunday. They had it. They're gonna be in a different location, and you know they they come up and talk about like something you can join like connect groups or yeah. like, go downstairs and we're going to have coffee, tea and free snacks. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't like free snacks? And like the longer yeah. we're sitting here, the more we're like, this is like youth group. Yeah. Like <laughs> church is like for children. Yeah, like so <laughs> why are they trying to trick me with free snacks? Like I'm an adult now. I got yeah. some snacks in my house. Right. I'll just stay home. You yeah. know, um, prime now some snacks. If I want. It was just like so <laughs> strange. Like in the first, like, 10 minutes where like church hasn't changed no yeah that was a weird thing too realized right away that we haven't been in church for four years i guess it is true that god is unchanging (laughs) turns out but yeah we haven't been in church for four years and the my first thought was i haven't missed anything like it's exactly the same thing Mm -hmm. as it used to be and Um, that continues as a theme yeah so after after worship um after those announcements we kind of went back into another more somber song and then transitioned into the offering time. Um, and I swear we could feel it coming because things kind of got somber and got a little darker. And I think the some of the musicians left the stage and there mm-hmm. were some left up on there uh, playing still. Um, and the guy came back up again. And one thing he said really caught me. He said, we are a generous church and we serve a generous God. And so let's get ready to give. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's kind of... I don't know. It seems like a weird statement. If God's so generous, then why does he need us to give him all of our money? I don't know. It seemed weird. It Stuck seems out to like me. strange now that like, I was reading something about this. Oh, somebody posted something on our Facebook group. Shout out like how narcissistic God is that he needs our worship. Oh yeah. And that he needs our he money. He needs our money and he needs a lot from us. And it's weird. Apparently. It's like if I were to imagine a God, he wouldn't need anything from me. Right. Like a perfect God. Yeah. Like some, I don't know if I could like think of some, someone who actually was really God, there would be no judgment. I would need to make no decision. I would need to give nothing. Right. Like I would just be unconditionally loved. Yeah. Right. Without doing anything. And I would never have to feel like convicted or guilty to do anything. Yeah. That sounds like a good God. I would be loved in like how a parent would love me. Yeah. Right. I mm-hmm. feel no fear. <laughs> um, before the offering, they read Proverbs eleven twenty four, which actually, Katie, could you look that up? Sure. And if you're following along with us, everyone can turn to Proverbs eleven twenty four, mm-hmm. and Katie will read it for us. <laughs> um, before she gets to that, there was also a girl who came up, and this is all happening before the offering. It was kind of a long, drawn out process. Um, but so after that guy came up and he said that we're, we serve a generous God, so we should get ready to give money to him. A different girl came up and she was told us about a five minute personal story to encourage us to give even more. Um, and she explained that when we give God blesses it and it it expands our world. And she said, and this is kind of insulting too. It's not about what you can give. It's about what you can sacrifice, which felt like, I don't know, kind of guilt trippy to me. Cause like when I hear that, I think like, well, 
I don't have like a lot of money, but I, if it was really a sacrifice, I probably could like give more. Mm-hmm. And that brought back all those feelings. Cause I remember hearing that message in church before, like your giving is a sacrifice. And like, if it hurts, that's good. You know, like in a way it kind of should hurt a little mm-hmm. bit to give because that means that you're really devoted to God, which now is just so offensive, mm-hmm. you know, that that's how it would have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then the girl prayed and she kept saying, we thank you God for the opportunity to give. Oh, and I, I thought that was so that. bizarre. Yeah. And she's like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Thanks God so much that we're like allowed to give our money to you. It's weird because a lot of these things we've heard so many times right. that we haven't had the opportunity opportunity to think about them <laughs> yeah. while they're happening. Because like live. I, yeah, we heard I mean we heard this stuff all the time as well, like when we were Christians, and it maybe it did really pull at my heart when someone said, like, Thank God we have the opportunity to give and like your giving should be a sacrifice and it should mean something to you. When I was a Christian that really like encouraged me to give, you know, and it made me feel like the fact that I'm kind of hurting by giving my money away in this way is a good thing. And I shouldn't, that shouldn't be a red flag for me. That should be like a green flag. Mm -hmm. Like you should feel that, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's weird coming back now from this outside, outside's perspective. Um, and just all this stuff landing in a completely different way. Mm -hmm. So do you have have Proverbs 11, 24? Yes, I do. I'm reading from the ESV. Um, so it says, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. That's so bizarre. That verse was That's like super... a prosperity preacher verse to me, isn't it? It's kind of saying like, he who gives is going to get richer and he who yeah. doesn't gives is going to get poorer. Yeah. I thought that was weird. When he read it out, I was like, wait a minute, that sounds kind of weird. Because the, the guy, the announcement guy, just kind of said it in passing before he prayed and before he invited that girl up. And... um it uh, stuck in my mind. Like that's kind of a weird mm-hmm. verse to say right now, mm-hmm. whatever. So, so far there were two speeches about giving. So there was the the man, the yeah. guy, the announcement guy. And then there was this woman who came up and gave the personal story yeah. and prayed. So then next, there was another thing for about giving. It was a video that they played. Um, and it was, I think more about giving to, uh, they're maybe more of like a missionary team. Yeah. So the lights went down, the video came on and it started out with a special video playing some music. Um, there was a lot of footage of rubble of crushed buildings of like little sad kids huddled together and stuff like that. And then a guy came up and started talking mm-hmm. about what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Like um, a project. Um, it was like a project in the middle East yeah. uh, to give livestock or, um, to families, right? Right. Um, so that they could make a living. It was good. Yeah. It was so, like a good thing for sure. But it, it was strange because throughout the whole video and I mean, it ended and there was no mention of God. It seemed like, look at what we're doing. We're so good. Right. Sort of a thing. Yeah. Which it's strange. Like now that we're out, we realize that like atheist people like mm-hmm. have just as many organizations as Christian people yeah and like they're doing the exact same things there's tons of humanists right you know, everywhere yeah. doing and great stuff i felt that this video was just humanistic it right. was nice yeah, you know and it was. it was strange that they didn't say anything about look what god's doing they kept saying like we did this and this was able to happen because we were able to help this man yeah and like i was like if I was a Christian, I would have been offended by that because I would have thought like you are putting all of the glory on yourselves oh, and like none on God. Like yeah. where's, do you even need God? Like you're being selfish. Right. Like you're taking all of the fame right now. Right. And, um, but like seeing it now from this perspective is like, that's true. We don't need God to be good. <laughs> right. Like they, yeah. were, these people are just good. Like if you want to help these people have jobs and bring livestock to them, then what you do is you, go over there and you bring livestock to them. Yeah. Like that's what you you do. You don't need God to do that. And like the video kind of showed that, but again, in this context, like being totally buffered by prayer and spiritual and like Christian stories right before it. And then they play the video. And then again, resuming that afterwards, it felt like to me, it felt like it fit in to everything. Like Mm -hmm. the guy coming up made me feel like I needed to give. Then when the girl came up and told her story and said that other stuff that made me feel like I needed to give even more. And then the video played and showed all like the sad, really impoverished people. And I felt like I needed to give again, even more. Um, and then as the video ended, the guy, the original announcement man came back up one more time. And he was explaining that like, for those of you who work in the world, 
Um, and he said, like, when I used to work in the world, I would always wonder, like, what am I doing with my life? What's the point of what I'm doing? Just sitting here and making money for myself and it's not serving God. He said, um, you need to know and you need to truly believe in your heart that your work is um, or that you're giving to the church is what's making a difference in the Christian world. So like basically you should don't worry about how you feel like your work doesn't have any purpose. Your money is what's helping God here. Yeah. He and said, which again, I've heard that a ton you yeah, know, as a Christian. That but like again, that's where you can like do good. Yeah. Like you exactly. can do humanitarian work. Yes. That's what, like that's kind of what it was. Just give money and stay in your home. Yeah. Like, so even <laughs> though you can't maybe go to the Middle East and like bring livestock to these people, don't worry that you feel unfulfilled in your desk job because your money is what we really need. And by making that money, you're still doing God's work. So I understand where they're coming from. I understand how like these things need money to operate. That all makes total sense to me. Um, but it was just, it was weird going through this whole progression of them, like priming us over and over and over and over again to give and like getting us ready and open to give our money to the it church. It was a long that, section. It was really long. Um, until finally there was another prayer and then they pass around the offering plates while like the somber music plays yeah. again. Yeah. And one thing that he said, um, right at the end was the enemy wants to make you feel like you're not doing anything, even if you're giving. Oh, and dang. I thought it was interesting that I think, um, you know, cause sometimes I'm curious, you know, like, why do I, why do we fear like Satan or why do we yeah. think there's an enemy so much? And like, because of this, like little, like, like a little drop of his name, you yeah, know, like it's the enemy. all little subtle stuff, right? You know, the enemy <clears throat> wants to make you feel this way. Like yeah. you feel guilty for because of the enemy. Yeah. You know, like right. you feel bad because of the enemy. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. never because of anything else. Or and so it was like interesting. I was looking out for that. Today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So like you said, another little slow um s- song started. I wrote down a few lyrics. There's another there's another in the fire was part of the the words. So okay. like fire and So if you're like living your life feeling like you're on fire burning, you can take comfort knowing that God is also burning there with you. I'm not saying what the lyrics meant. Uh, that's all I wrote down, so <laughs> don't <okay>. interpret it. <laughs> but that's just like what there was another it was more about fire. It's yeah. like about fire burning uh I always really fighting liked armies songs victory. About fire when I was Christian. Yeah. Because, like let your fire come down and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that really resonated with me when I was Christian. That's and I super felt like, Pentecostal charismatic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's probably is. But I always thought that was really cool. Um, so as we were singing the song, uh, the girl next to me raised her hands Mm -hmm. and I had this moment where I, and then became aware of it where I felt like really competitive. I was like, what, she's a better Christian than me. And I was like, wait, what? I'm not Christian. But then I put my hands up too (laughs) and I tried to do better than her. Like I tried to play into the competition. So she only had her hands up halfway. Mm -hmm. I put them all the way up. And right when I put them all the way up, uh, this is really interesting. Um, when I put them all the way up, both hands, a golden light from stage, like one of the spotlights, like turned on right out into the crowd and yeah. shone on my arms. And uh, like right when I raised my hands. Yeah. So I was like, this is as a Christian, I would have interpreted this as a sign from God, like just a subtle, subtle sign. Like I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy, but like a subtle sign that like God was thanking me for giving my all, like putting my hands all the way up. Like I'm all in for God. Uh And then like that light shone on me. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I would have interpreted that the same way or like, at least it would have been significant that that happened. You know, it is weird how, when I was putting my hands up too, it, I felt those same that same, same like kind of clenched stomach feeling. Like I feel a little embarrassed putting my hands up, but God is worth it. That's what mm-hmm. I used to always think. Yeah. And now I, I felt the same. Like I feel a little embarrassed putting my hands up, but I really want to like experience this fully. Yeah. You know, yes. so that's why we did it. You know, we're not trying to mock anyone, but we wanted to experience worship like fully, just as we did before when we were Christians, mm-hmm. um, to just see what it felt like and see what it was like to be in that environment mm-hmm. again. And you, like, feel the same, but it's strange without, yeah. like, uh, how do I say this? Like, without the belief. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird, like, having your hands up and singing and feeling, like, feeling, I'm doing air quotes, the presence of God. 
and you, everyone around you everyone is doing else it is too. doing it too it's really it's like magical you can hear everyone singing around you everyone's singing loud and like powerfully and you know you put your hands up which is like a little bit of a leap of faith or kind of going out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. to do that and so there's definitely it was like a feeling of an uplifted feeling mm-hmm. worshiping and it felt good. It felt good to sing. When I was in church singing, I actually had a thought about someone on our Facebook group mentioned that they really want to like do wor- do like a worship service, but it'd be totally secular hmm. because the experience of singing with a thousand or fifteen hundred other people with your hands up with loud music and lights singing like uplifting songs is really powerful. Mm-hmm. I, we felt it. I, I felt it on Sunday when we were at church. Mm-hmm. I felt like this is a a really positive thing. I feel good singing these songs with all these people around mm-hmm. me. But yeah, it's really bizarre doing that when the lyrics mean nothing to me. Yeah. That was a weird thing. Cause like everything else, it felt the same. It like seemed the same. It, everything about it was the same, except that the lyrics didn't mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. And I sort of expected that worship would seem like really, really flat mm-hmm. now. Like mm-hmm. since we didn't care about what we were singing about, but it didn't. It didn't seem flat to me. It seemed like almost the same. Hmm. It seemed really meditative and it seemed like it felt spiritual. You mm-hmm. know, it, it seemed like the same, mm-hmm. but the words were just empty. So yeah, it's a weird experience. Well, that's because the presence of God is still there, Joe, whether you <laughs> oh believe gosh, or not. No. I know that's probably what some Christians would say. That's probably what I would have said too, mm-hmm. that I experienced the presence of God because God was there because of all the real Christians or something. Hmm. What happens when know. you're at like a secular concert and you feel the same all right let's move on yeah um so uh next thing up uh you could feel the sermon coming and Mm -hmm. the announcement man came out and he started to introduce the preacher who was going to come up on stage um and he got us so hyped it was such a a hypey introduction (laughs) um and i think because this guy was turned out to be very boring but like he was trying to hype him up um you know he was saying that last time he heard this guy speak. It was something that he like touched him so much. And still to this day, he, he brings up in conversation like two times a week or three times a week. Yeah. And that he knows that this guy, this man, this preacher has something and he will speak directly to you. Like he's, Uh he has something to say directly to you this morning. Like, okay, are you guys ready? Like now give him a warm welcome. (laughs) Okay. So then, yeah. um, yeah. Do you remember who came out? I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember. He's like the, the head of biblical scholarship for Hillsong or something. He was a guest speaker. So we didn't get to hear what's the other guy's name. Carl Lentz. We we didn't get to hear Carl Lentz. Yeah. But we got to hear (laughs) this guy, this Australian guy who came, from there to start their new theological school in Arizona. And on his way, he stopped in New York okay. to preach for that Sunday. Oh, good on you um, for remembering. I know. Okay. Um, but yeah, the one thing I noticed right away. So yeah, you're right. He like hyped this guy up so much. And I was even hyped because I was like, oh, cool. This like, guy's like this a guy theological scholar. Yeah. He's not just a whatever. Maybe he'll have something really interesting to talk mm-hmm. about. Um, and so this guy comes up and he, <laughs> he first, first thing he does is he puts his grandkids on the PowerPoint, which we were like, what in the world is with pastors? Yeah, I don't like, know what you guys, if you guys experience this, but like pastors always do that. Like put their family on the PowerPoint and they talk about, Oh, I'm so proud of my grandkids. And he was like, if you're a parent right now, keep going. Cause grandkids are where the real reward is. Yeah. Like grandkids, they're way better than regular yeah. kids. Like <laughs> no, just like right. the same jokes that grandparents always tell. Right. Yeah. Right, we talked about how much he loved his wife who was in the audience and how like beautiful she was. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was so weird. Standard like, pastor stuff. We hadn't heard this stuff in four years, like we were saying, and like everything was like exactly how I remembered it. Yeah. Yeah. Same joke, same everything. Um, He opened up his sermon with a prayer. Uh, and one line I pulled out of that that stuck with me was he said, God, we thank you that this is not by accident, and that each one of us is here today for a specific purpose. Hmm. So that seems like an innocent enough saying, but if you're someone who is in the crowd feeling like lost in your life and some guy comes up with 1,500 people watching him and a spotlight on him and he's praying to some God that he seems to have some kind of super special connection with and he's saying, he's declaring that you're here for a reason and that there's a specific purpose that each person is in the room today that stuff sinks in. It's like, it's a good speaking technique, honestly, because Mm -hmm. it totally will prime the audience. Like, Oh, I need to listen because there's Mm -hmm. something like really specific for me today. 
Um, yeah. It's hard I, because as a Christian, we believe this to be true. And right. that guy believes it to be true with no, I can't like, I can't blame him for that. Right. That's what everybody wants. But yeah. it's strange now seeing it from this other point of view where for so long I felt that I had this like one purpose and this one meaning and, and maybe, you know, maybe it's just not for me. Yeah. Like maybe I can go as far just to say, maybe it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not for you, mm-hmm. but it's like, it kind of messed up our life, yeah, you know, because right. now we needed to like completely reform our lives and figure out our new purpose. And yeah. Our, right. You know? And so something like that maybe could make someone confused for a long time because they could feel that the church has a purpose for them, but then never like really get it clear, Yeah, you know, or never and kind of be stuck in the cycle that we were in of constantly rededicating our lives to Jesus to try to find our purpose in it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's something that's been really hard for us to come out of because when I was a Christian, I felt like every single thing that happened in my life had some kind of eternal significance. Like everything I did, I thought, was for a reason. Like every everything smile that, happened to that me. you yeah. smiled at a sandwich maker. Yeah. Giving you your lunch. <laughs> All those sandwich makers are always smiling at me. And I always thought it was God who was doing that, you know? So like sitting in a Sunday sermon as a Christian, of course I would have thought like I'm here for a specific purpose and God, the God of the universe is literally trying to say something specific to me. I never would have considered like, maybe it's just random chance that I'm in here. Or maybe the fact that this guy is here from Australia has no relevance to like my eternity. Maybe he's just here just because he was traveling through and it just happens to be this way. It doesn't have to be anything significant. And maybe just maybe if you say in front of a large audience, I have something specific for you. You are in a hard place right now and you need the love of the Lord that like you're going to hit someone who need, who you're has that experience. Everyone. <laughs> everyone has that experience because as a Christian, I would always look for the significance in things, you know? And mm-hmm. so if someone tells you that they have a specific message for you, you can almost always find a way like, to fit I it can, into I your life. I totally could like pull something out of his sermon that, that like really hit specifically for me. Yeah, it's relevant. And as a Christian, I would have thought, he was right. Like God did have something specific mm-hmm. for me and this is what it was. Mm-hmm. Probably wasn't the same thing for you and probably wasn't the same thing for anyone else in the room. Mm-hmm. But like, if you truly believe that everything you do has uh, like a purpose given by God, then it's really easy to find a purpose yeah. in that stuff, you know? So I feel like the main thing from like this is that, that in church, what he's saying is not wrong necessarily yet, but that it's not, um, confined to only church and yes, Christian right. circles yeah, is that totally. if you have a speaker, they could speak something that directly has purpose to you who has nothing to do with God yeah. and you, something like really hits you and you're like, Whoa, I needed to hear that. Yeah. But it's like just an, I feel like the nature of human beings totally. that we can say something and it resonates with someone else. And that's beautiful. And then right. you form a relationship and you're like, wow, we're not alone. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about us. We watch like some trash TV, 90 day fiance, mm-hmm. and we will like stop it and have some long conversation about our marriage. That's like really meaningful to us. And yeah. that it's just a TV show. We just got you know? some prophecy from 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> right. right. Finding yeah. meaning everywhere. So you can still... find meaning anywhere is basically what we're saying. And it's not limited to God. Um, so do you have any other thoughts about that? You want to just jump right in? No, sermon? let's talk about the sermon. Let's, yeah. This is long. So let's try to do it fast. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Oh my gosh, you guys. Church is so boring. Church is really boring. I, and I, I want, don't miss that. Yeah, we don't miss it at all. It's like going... Taking notes, I was like, man, I hate this. It's like going Why to Why do a- we say we're coming to church? <laughs> <laughs> it's like going to a class at school that you don't really want to take, but you like have to take it. But you feel you need to because you're a really good Christian kid. Yeah. You're like, yeah. man, I want to serve God. Yeah. It was weird. Before we did this episode, Joe told me to be like really delicate and kind. Am mm-hmm. I doing okay? I don't know. <laughs> Only time will tell, my friend. <laughs> okay. So uh, when he started, uh, after showing his grandkids, he said something briefly about how he was saved as an atheist studying science in school. Classic. As a 16-year-old. Um, at the age 16. Right? Yeah. Um, and sure, um, we talk about, we've talked about that before. Like, how can you be an atheist at 16? Like, you're not even, you're not even a fully formed your opinion of life yet. Right. Um, so it's like, it's, it was tricky to say that. I think it was kind of like, it was a tactic, I feel. Yeah. Um, to, Sort of to show, like, see, I've been through things. See, I've tried the other side. I've tried the other side, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And he said then something else about like staying in church for the long haul. And he kind of said like, how many of you know that the longer you stay in church, the better it gets. Send your roots down deep. There are some benefits you'll find only a decade in. Stick around. Oh, yeah. And I was like... That was kind of weird, too. Dang. Like, I was kind of like, this seems like, I don't know, like a tactic to keep people in. Yeah, Like, right. I know that this man doesn't mean any harm. But, mm-hmm. like, as somebody who's trying to view, like, things from the outside, you know, it's kind of like... You just like locked that follower in for right. ten years. For a like long time. they're they're gonna remember you saying that, and they're gonna be like, "I feel like really bad, but you know, he said that I would feel good around year ten, yeah, so I'm gonna well stick, stick around." Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. So. So after that, um, I think like he kind of got into um what the message was gonna be about, and it was basically about seeds. Uh, just like planting seeds. And it was stuff. a parable of the four soils. Yeah, that was a he sermon. like he first like introduced like something about planting seeds, um, but then he like got into reading reading that parable. Mm-hmm. I think afterwards, but like I have written down, um, that he was talking about revival of the world, and it was funny when he said revival of the world. I was like, again, I was like, church never changes. They're always talking yeah. about revival. Yeah, because he said he mentioned that someone like a couple months ago prophesied about Hillsong that revival was coming for the church. Do you remember how many times that people would prophesy that over our... I swear like every church I've been to has said like we got a prophecy or like whoever Angela prophesied that there is revival coming for our church and all we need to do is like be obedient to God's word and to, to fast and pray to him to like bring about this revival churches say that all the time mm-hmm. but like i i don't know maybe some crazy stuff is happening but from my perspective it seems like nothing ever really happens at least not outside of that church you know like mm-hmm. it seems like the world isn't actually really affected by these quote unquote revivals that are happening over and over again in every charismatic church but it was weird when he said that it kind of like it really struck me you know and mm-hmm. it i don't know piqued my attention because i've heard that stuff so many times and as a christian i remember like kind of trying to force myself to believe that there was something to it and like really trying to believe that revival was actually coming, even though we didn't see it. But now when he said it, it's like, I don't believe you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know? It was this, I, I really liked this experience looking back and he- yeah. hearing the same things that we took so seriously. And like, yeah. Yeah. It um, just, it feels like the outside world is never really affected by those revivals. And all it really does is just further entrench the people who already are attending the church, mm-hmm. you know, for like get them excited. Yeah. Hype right. Them up. Yeah. Um, so he began to talk about the Bible as like a seed, um, like the word of God as a seed and the living word. And when the words leap out of the page to you, they, you know, they feel like you're being spoken to directly. Mm-hmm. And um, he mentioned the verse, First Peter one twenty three, which I thought was really funny because it's the verse that says born again. And it says, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. And like, it was funny that he mentioned the verse that had the born again in it. And I yeah. thought born again, again. And I was uh-huh. like, they know we're here. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> for All a the second. lights turn on, like people they, surround us they and take us out. Us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so with that, he talked about, he began to talk about seeds and mm-hmm. I'm just going to like go through like just that first intro until we get to like just the Bible verses yeah. that he went into. But so he says that like a seed is, is a packet of life. Um, and he was saying that the Bible and a seed both produce new life, new character, new attitudes, new values. Um, and, but it doesn't just produce life, it produces fruit. And so when he said that, I like, I have kind of like a beef about that because I really thought that now that I'm outside of Christianity, I would produce no fruit. And I wrote in my notes, this isn't limited to Christianity, yeah. like the fruit. And I feel like that's such a lie to believe that you can only produce good and produce the fruit inside this fold right. of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he mentioned that the fruit would be like obedience yeah. and i was like ouch that's you know the fruit like is the like fruit obedience. is obedience Ob- yeah obeying god when he <laughs> obediencing wants. god more obediencing. obeying god more i wrote down something similar to he was saying like you need to plant the word you need to plant the seed the mm. word into a heart 
and it will supplant our worldly desires and it will change you from the inside out. Mm. And I wrote down like, no, that's, that's not true. You can read the Bible all you want, but like, if you're changing, it's because you are changing yourself by supplanting your own human desires and only allowing yourself to follow the Bible. Like the Bible, you know, the, the book of the Bible itself is literally just words on a page and it's not going to just like miraculously change you into a better person by (laughs) just reading this, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, you read it, and you obey it, and slowly over time, you become a different person. You want to know what? If you read any of these books we've talked about, if you read uh, some book about psychology or, like, healing from trauma, and you follow the principles that are in it, it's also going to change you from the inside out, just like the Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing special, nothing spiritual or mystical about the words that are in the Bible. It's just, this is how it works to be a human. When you, like, learn some new information, and you start applying it in your life, you it change. changes you. That's, and it's great. That's, I love that about it. But that's not limited to God. Yes. Yeah. Once again, I think like the biggest thing is like that it's all the things being said are not limited to the church. Yeah. And it felt so special before. Right. You know, like not. Yeah. And he said, he mentioned like, th- it's not going to happen overnight, but it will happen. And I'm just, you know, it's like so crazy. I'm just thinking like, you are the one who's forcing yourself to become the word like you're the one who's deciding to change and to act according to the bible through discipline like it's not changing you Mm -hmm. you are just changing your own mind Mm -hmm. it's simple it's really simple and it's so much more simple to come at it from that perspective like oh if i just act differently and form new habits i'm going to become a different person Mm -hmm. that's so straightforward where the flip side is like if i spend time letting the word fall on the the lovely good soil of my heart and I pray to God enough and I'm open and I keep the devil out, then God will change me because I can do nothing on my own. That's like a really confusing and slow and counterproductive way (laughs) to try Mm -hmm. to change your habits. You know, I know it's clear to see that now at the time it seemed like that, of course we need God to change. But yeah, at this point it's like we can just change by ourselves. I know. Yeah. I I feel like we've experienced that. So like we've experienced change, like, in both camps, but more so in this. Yeah, it's so, been like, a lot more know. natural and and like effortless and less full of shame and guilt. Mm-hmm. Just changing because you decide to change, as opposed to changing because you're like constantly asking God to change you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next thing I've written down is this is so boring. <laughs> you just wrote that down. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so next up, he says, so like going back to the metaphor of the Bible and a seed. Like, you, the seed doesn't, you know, you don't just store the seed inside you or, you know, you don't just eat the seed or you don't gather them and put it in a silo uh-huh. and you, you plant them. Just like, you know, you don't keep the word of God inside you. You don't store it. You don't yeah. keep God inside you. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is when he starts going into the soil um, to be planted. It says, Jesus tells us the fruit is not guaranteed because it needs to be planted in the right soil. Mm-hmm. And I wrote in my note. Once he said that, I wrote, guess what we'll read next? That parable. That parable. Yeah. yeah, And I I, I thought again, like, they've been preaching on the same things over and over again, trying to make it relevant for now. This guy didn't even make it relevant for now. He just like basically. (laughs) So, you know, anything, anything that you can think of from this parable, the parable of the, the soils, um, it's what he said. It's yeah. exactly what he said. We've, I've heard like the exact same sermon 15 times mm-hmm. in my life. And it's, I, yeah, that you're right. Actually, I remember it at that time that, oh yeah, the, like Christians only have the Bible to preach from. So it's a really limited set of stories yeah. that are palatable. I mean, I mean the Bible like, is long and there's a lot to say about it, but like, think about going to church like every single Sunday. Well, like, and also year think about year, like 60% of the Bible is like insane. Oh yeah. You don't want to preach talk about from that. that. You know, yeah. so there's a small section of stories that sermons are, are generally made out of that mm-hmm. yeah that, that can be said in a public space without mm-hmm. someone being like taken off the stage and going to prison that's true that's you true know. um i the next note i have the next little fun note mm-hmm. i have is this sermon seems like it's for little kids yeah i wrote that down too did you <laughs> yeah. yeah and it was i mean it, it's probably partially because we've heard this sermon so many times but i would imagine that a lot of the people who are in that church have heard that sermon a lot of times too if you've been christian for more than five years i'm sure You've heard a sermon about the four soils and how the word needs to fall on the fertile soil. And yeah, it was weird. It was just, it was like a sermon for little kids. And he kept doing that thing where he'd say like, can you say rocky soil? And everyone would say rocky soil. And then he'd say, he'd say something and then 
it would be really different because our, accents, thorns? And then, our yeah. accents are different. He's like, yeah. oh, you say that word differently than me. And then we, everyone would kind of laugh. Yeah, they like um, it. So he had some points and like about this, the parable of the soils. And it's from Matthew 13, 3 through 9. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he, he like really, I felt that he kind of like um, dug deep to get these meanings out or yeah, like these points are kind of i did like kind of felt like they were kind of like nothing points yeah. but the first one was learn what the word means and like learn what it really means and then he said that he like inserted this like really sexist joke about a young wife and a young husband and and it was like how many of you young husbands know that when your wife says oh our first anniversary is coming up i don't want a present that's not what it really means oh, yeah. like learn what she really means and then he's like, some of you husbands are like, what? Yeah, and oh everyone gosh. was laughing. I was like, that's, that's like, so belittling. You're in downtown Manhattan in like a most liberal possible area where like feminism is like widely accepted and equality, marriage equality and all of that. And he's like making these weird jokes about like how, yeah. I don't feel that just, spouses so are no longer, I don't think we're like idiots anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I guess, like yeah. it was, such, it was a very pastor joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like. That happened. I kind of tuned out for a while. But the other part of that that point on the learn what it means, which I think had to do with one of the four soils. I don't remember which one, but he he said something. He said like, when you want to know what the Bible is saying, what it what it really means to be a Christian, he said, Google is not your friend. He said, don't go to Google and look up like, what does this verse really mean? Go to the church, go to the community of God's people, because they're the ones who can best explain it to you. He literally, I wrote that down and too. <laughs> we looked at Google each other. Google is not your friend. What in the world? Don't trust out other outside sources. Go to the community of God's yeah. people. They have been wrestling with it. Yeah, that's what he said. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really bizarre. Um, I mean, that's like stuff we talk about all the time about how the church is a really closed community and they don't really want you to look to outside sources. But it was just weird to have mm-hmm, this like that. professional leader of Hillsong talking to 1500 of us telling everyone don't don't google don't google bible verses to find out what they mean <laughs> yeah it's well, just it's really weird i never know like sometimes coming out i'm like did everybody else experience this or did i just limit myself like who told me not to read other books did i just say i'm not reading any non-christian material right. you know and then i'm like realizing now like when i see some christian material like just online or whatever that people share or now like specifically in church in a yeah. sermon it's very quick but it's just like i think it gets into your head you it's know because if i would have heard that I'll be like, yeah, I know. Like, yeah, like Google's not going to tell me the right answer. It's like yeah. part of the world. And it's, you know, like I want to go to people who are seasoned veterans and like reading the Bible. Right. Like, they really know what it means right. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, weird. It was, it was weird, weird to, hear, to hear, that. hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another thing that he mentioned at this point was he, at one point he started talking about one of the, what the verse really meant in the Greek, which is a favorite, uh, a favorite technique of a lot of pastors to pull out some Greek words. And it's super funny so, because we, we are reading that book, um, Godless mm-hmm. by Dan, uh, Barker. Yeah. And he mentioned that he could just throw out Greek words and no one would ask him anything about it. Yeah. So we had already been talking about that idea, uh-huh. but so this guy started throwing out a couple Greek words and then he said, is, are there any Greeks in the audience? No one raised their hand. And then he kind of made a joke and said, oh, that's good. None of you guys will know if what I'm saying is right or not. And I was like, like, oh, "Oh my gosh, because I've always felt that like these these pastors pull out a single Greek word and they say, well, like, actually, if you read this verse, this is what it really means because of the Greek. But it really doesn't help you understand the section better at all. It just like seems kind of like um, what's the word? Like just a flaunt. Yeah. It's, it was, again, I don't, like, I honestly don't believe that this guy had any ill intentions. I think he's trying to speak the word of God as clearly as possible out of love and because he really cared about what he was doing and he believed it was the mm-hmm. best way for these people to live yeah. their lives. Like, I'm not trying to fault him and say that he's, like, intentionally being a criminal who's leading people astray. But hearing him say this stuff is, it's hard to hear from an outside perspective. Because we're so, like, primed to catch that stuff, and we're almost looking out for it, Mm -hmm. you know, when we're sitting and listening to this sermon. And so when he's just explicitly saying, like, don't look up verses on Google, Uh, don't worry about what I'm saying, just trust me, because I know you can't understand Greek anyways. (laughs) It's like, like, dude, like, like, back off. We're sheep, we're sheep again, we're sheep. (laughs) I know, it's so weird. Yeah, really weird. Okay, second point, let the word go deep. Mm -hmm. So he gives this, like, example of when he was a teenage atheist, he was sexually active with his girlfriend, and he read a verse about 
fornication and how fornicators will not inherit the kingdom of earth. Um, and so then he needed to reshape the way he thought about life. Yeah. Will he allow his emotions to master him? Yeah. Let the word go deep. Right. Which I don't know. He, that I wrote down here that I felt frustrated by this idea when I was a Christian, when people would say stuff like, let the word go deep or like, let that word really sit in your heart. Because mm-hmm. I always felt like, what do you actually mean? Like mm-hmm. in human 21st century practical terms, what do you literally mean mm-hmm. by what you're saying right mm-hmm. now? Um, and so what I wrote down for that point was I, I just felt like he didn't offer a single piece of any practical advice or like what to do. It was just like lame jokes and loosely related stories yeah. about him like fornicating a lot in college. How we like to talk about it. Yeah. And also, I think that the message there was don't have sex before marriage. Yeah. So that was a little side message that was slipped in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like be, like to all of... We were sitting by exclusively young couples right. our age who yeah. I don't think were married. No, they're definitely getting it on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Number three was the thorny soil. Keep the word the main thing. Mm-hmm. That was his point. Keep the word the main thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, man, even like as a writer, I just can't. <laughs> right. Mm. So again, not that's kind of an ambiguous thing. But he he said, does that mean we shouldn't have de- desires or lives here or money? No, that would be dumb. That's what he said. <laughs> I was okay. like, okay. <laughs> and he said, is Jesus saying to ditch the worldly stuff? No. That's what he said. And then again, I wrote I'm, down in parentheses, actually, I feel like he is. Yeah, like, I feel like <laughs> Jesus, like, literally says to ditch the worldly stuff. But okay, I'm like following along at this point um yeah allow the word to frame that part of your life yeah so the way he explained this in the end he said that for every single area of your life instead of putting that area of your life in competition with what the word says build your life slash marriage slash wealth slash kids slash hobbies etc on the word so you're basically saying to ditch the worldly stuff and like start with the bible you know, I mean, mm. I feel like in the end, he's, he was saying he was to saying, make like, it the yeah, like you need to make every part of your life about God. He just says make it the main thing, though. Joe. Yeah. Oh, okay. The main thing. Mm-hmm. At this point, I wrote, "Whoa!" The band just started playing, and <sighs> even though we did not like the sermon up until this point, I noticed that it made what he was saying sound more authoritative. Yeah, totally, and, and like was, more, more revealed. Or yeah, like more, yeah, yeah. And so I was wondering why they started playing because. He didn't seem like he was almost done. Right. And so then he like had one more point, which was the last soil, the good, good soil. soil. And um I he wasn't saying much and I'm like, Why are they playing? This is weird. Did they mess up? And then I leaned over to Joe, Oh, I know what's happening. They're cutting him off. Yeah, like they need They're to wrap him definitely up. Definitely <laughs> cutting him off right now. Cause the last point was he I he just said he, like, like be good it. soil so you can produce fruits. Yeah. Basically. And then um, that was it for well, him. Yeah. Well, no. So the very last part of that was uh, like a classic 90s altar call. Where, so the band's uh, playing and he said, I, I thought this was really interesting uh, because call. being like outside of Christianity, I obviously haven't heard like a classic, you know, farm fed, grass raised uh, <laughs> altar call Patty. before. Um, and what he said was he, he said, I want you to understand that today you can have a new, fresh, clean state slate. Like if you've, I don't know what your past is like. I don't know what you've done in your life. I don't know if you feel like you've struggled, but today that can all be wiped away. You can start clean. You can start fresh today. And all you need to do is just pray along with me as I pray this prayer today. Okay. Wait. God will give you a fresh start and a new life this morning. And How I did was you like, feel? how did you feel? During I this was part? okay. I was like, Okay, every person in this room, that is going to sound appealing to. Yeah. Because, like, if anybody can start fresh today... Didn't it sound appealing to you? Yeah, it did. Well, actually, a part of this, uh, I, like, prayed along, and I prayed to God, God, if you're real, I, like, I want to be as open as possible. Please, like, show yourself to me. I don't mm-hmm. want to be doing this podcast, like, sending people to hell. If you're real, please reveal yourself to me. I'm, like, honestly being open. Mm-hmm. Of course, I, I didn't feel anything. I honestly tried. Honestly tried to be open. But yeah, hearing him do this altar call, it's like, yeah, this is really compelling. Mm-hmm. If you're the coming to this church for a first time, and now this guy on the stage who seems to have a spiritual connection with this invisible God is telling you that this invisible God will give you, give you a new life starting today. And all I have to do is like, say some words in my head while this guy is saying some words in my head, then yeah, sign me up. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. You know? 
So he, he did the whole thing. He told everyone to raise their hand if they prayed the prayer and that way he could count the number of salvations so that they probably could like report on it. He did. I don't remember that. Wait, I need to go back. I need to say how I felt. Oh, okay. Because when, when he started saying, doing this altar call, Mm -hmm. um, like I immediately remembered like how I always felt that I needed to do it. I was like, wait, do I need to do it? Yeah. And I wrote down, um, I felt called out. I felt called out. Mm -hmm. Well, because also we're like covertly there researching. Um, I felt, I always feel so guilty in church. Like, like, do I need to rededicate as a Christian? I felt I needed to do this every day. I never felt safe, was always scared of not like, like hearing God or being with God or he didn't save me, you know, because people would always because there was always that thing, like, are you saved? Are you really saved? Are you really truly saved? Yeah. You know, and we get it still, but now it's right. just like, okay. I remember when I was Christian <laughs> and people would have altar calls. I, like, towards the end, I felt pretty secure in my salvation, but I would always pray along in such a way that I, like, wasn't really praying the sinner's prayer. Yeah. But I was also saying, like, God, I'm so glad you're already in me. Like, you know, like, kind of like, God, God you got me, re- right? Remember, God. Like, you're I'm, with I'm me. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was interesting because in this altar call, um, I think, like, because of just how modern church is and in New York City, he didn't have anybody come up, like, which is how our church would be. Yeah. You know, he just had everybody sit and he said a prayer and told everyone to repeat after yeah. him so yeah. that maybe nobody would feel embarrassed. But I didn't repeat after him because I was like, for the first time, I'm not going to feel guilted into repeating, yeah. like, this guy's prayer because I don't need to rededicate my life to Christ. Right. And, like... It felt really good. Joe over there is trying to see if he could get saved again. Oh Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, so anyway, so that happened. And um, the band comes up uh, to like start. They started playing a hype song like mm-hmm. we talked about in the worship episode. Um, but then it was like really short. It said the lyrics I wrote were nothing stands between us. They repeated that two times like over and over again. Yeah. And um it was short because people started leaving and the guy comes up at the end, like, and he's like, and he's like, um, you know, say an important, it's an important time in the church and he wants to encourage us to get planted, you know, not, not like to Google the word of God, but to join a connect group. He mentioned it again. Mm -hmm. He mentioned the Google thing, you know, it was a little bit of a plug for their um, Bible studies, their connect groups at the end. He was like, just give me a minute, everyone. Cause everyone was kind of leaving. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a strange experience. It yeah. was like more of a concert than a church because like I felt that it was strange that people were rushing out right, right at the end, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like nobody cared. Yeah. Like everyone's like, <laughs> I went to church, see ya. And I just plugged it, like got their time in, checked that box. And yeah. Like, yeah. Um, the whole thing yeah. was, it was just a weird, it was a weird experience going back to church. Um, and I felt like my main takeaways is that it was like a lot more boring than I think I ever would like admit that it was admit when I was Christian. Is a good word because yeah. I I don't know I probably felt like it was boring before, but I wouldn't have really let myself think that because I thought it was so important to my mm-hmm. life. Is really boring and like the sermon, at least this guy's sermon. And again, I don't maybe he's like not always a preacher. Maybe that's not his specialty. But I felt like his his sermon was like so basic and anti intellectual, and it was. It was weird to sit through like an hour and 15 minute talk from this guy, which I felt like was just going against my intellect. The Is whole that time. how long it was? Oh, maybe it wasn't that long. Yeah, oh, actually, I don't know how long so the whole long. service. It wasn't super, super crazy long or anything. No, but it anyways, like it was it was long. Um, and then, yeah, the worship time, it, it was weird sitting through that and feeling like this kind of spiritual-esque experience during it but like not having any stake in what we were singing about and not caring about the lyrics at all. It was just a bizarre experience, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I almost want to recommend if you feel like you could go to church without getting super triggered by it, that it was a really healing experience for me because, because it, I don't know. I feel like more separate from it now. I think I was worried going back into it that I was going to get really swept up in the feelings and, I don't know what I was worried about going into it, actually. No, I was a little worried, too. Like, maybe that they had some secrets that you, like, could have have applied to your life that would have made you a better person. Right. Which is what they claim. Right. But, yeah, it was... I don't know. I I feel like everything we've been doing, everything we've been talking about Mm -hmm. was so perfectly confirmed by going to church that I'm, I'm, like, really glad we went. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Also, it 
it really took Hillsong off a pedestal for me. Yeah. Like, we thought that the worship would be way better. Yeah, I'm right. surprised they didn't do more songs. I'm kind of sad they didn't. Yeah, it was like, it was just like any other, like, non-denominational sort of charismatic-leaning church uh-huh. that I've been to. It was, like, not really anything special. Um, so, yeah, if you're Christian and you've been wanting to go to Hillsong, it's your life mission, then you might be in for a bit of a letdown. But try it. But try it. Come to church next Sunday with us. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, like I said, I took some pictures and I, I took a bulletin or a, what do, I don't know what you call it now, but just like a little pamphlet we got at church. And I can take pictures of those and I'll put them up on our Instagram and up on our um, Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could, can see, too. Uh, it was really a cool experience. Yeah, yeah, it was an interesting experience. I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we don't have to do it anymore. Checked yeah. off our bucket list. Yeah, let us know if you guys um, have um, gone to char- oh, yeah. church recently, what your experience has been, what it's felt like to go kind of back into the old territory and um, just experience that from a different perspective. So yeah, it's interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, again, find us on Facebook, uh, on Instagram. And if you really, really love us, you can find us on Patreon as well. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, have a good week and we'll see you next time. Bye.